InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Financial stress is impacting millions of people. What can you do when the bills overwhelm you? InfoTrack's Roy Mackey talks to an expert. Roy? Thanks, Chris. How balanced is your life? Is it overloaded? Many of us, probably most, would say yes. Well, Dr. Richard Swenson is the author of a book called Margin, Restoring Emotional, Physical, Financial, and Time Reserves to Overloaded Lives. Dr. Swenson, welcome to InfoTrack. Thank you. Let's start with just a general explanation. You write quite a bit about margin versus something called overload. Can you give us some quick examples? Yeah, if you were to uh, take a plane from Seattle to Boston, you wouldn't leave two minutes to change planes in Chicago. I mean, that's not enough margin for error there. Everybody knows you have to schedule at least a half an hour and more like an hour, hour and 15 minutes. If you're driving 70 miles an hour down the interstate, you wouldn't leave two inches between you and the car in front of you. Uh, uh, some no people I know do, actually. Yes, well, okay. <laughs> if you open a book, you see the margin around the spaces of the print on the outside borders of the of the page. And we don't begrudge a book its margin. If there was no margin, it would be aesthetically displeasing. And so that's what I'm talking about. We need a little space in our lives. Let's talk about one specific pressure, and that's financial pressure. Do you think that's the pressure that drives a lot of the other pressures in the American lifestyle today? For a lot of people, it is. I mean, there's many ways to look at this issue of margin versus overload, but certainly financially, and it's so ironic that today we have more affluence in America than you could ever begin to imagine in the history of the world. It is staggering, and yet about everybody I know is scared about the financial issues. And so a lot of times finances will drive the entire train of trauma. I mean, everything else loads itself onto this great big baggage cart and down the road you go. Because if your debt service is too extraordinary, if you're overloaded and overwhelmed and a negative margin deficit in terms of finances, a lot of times it takes away any other flexibility from you. And your efforts to just service the debt to try to pay, I mean, just look at healthcare costs going through the roof. I give a lot of talks related to that. It's very, very expensive for a lot of people. Housing is, college education is, and so there's some very real fixed costs there that are harming people. On the other hand, there are discretionary spending that we all have that people can take a look at and simplify their lives. Let's talk about some ways to maybe let some air pressure out of that balloon. You're a proponent of something you call a shopping fast. Explain that to us. Well, you know, you can just decide for a week, for example. Because consumerism is a large part of this financial pressure, you can decide, well, I'm not going to go buy anything for a week. Or you could say for two weeks or a month. Or I'm not going to buy any groceries for a week or two weeks. Or I'm not going to buy any groceries till I eat everything I have in the house. You know, you probably have a walleye filet you caught in Canada at the bottom of your freezer in 1982. And just let me find it. Challenge ourselves with some of these things. Stop impulse buying for a while. Retailers know all about that. I mean, 50% of hardware purchases are impulse, and 50% of grocery purchases are impulse. So if you get to a store, this is kind of related to fasting, but somewhat a little separate in that I'm suggesting with the impulse buy, just learn to wait. So either learn to fast or wait. You get to the store, you see that thing, and you wonder, should I pick it up now? If you're not sure, go home, and then wait on it and decide later if you're going to go back. Most of the time, you simply won't go back. We have to discipline our desires and our spending habits. 
You know, the shopping fast is an interesting idea, but in my household, I can just picture there being the shopping pig out the two weeks after the shopping fast. <laughs> it's like the Mardi Gras on Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> it gives uh, you the chance well, to catch up. You know, the retailers will say that the psychology of shopping, if people run out of money and they experience that pain, that panic feeling that so many of us are aware of and know exactly what I'm talking about here. I mean, the credit card bills start rolling in and you decide, I'm not going to shop anymore. I'm not going to buy anymore. No more deficit spending. For most people, that lasts about six weeks. And then they go back out and start shopping again, whether they have money or not. Now, shopping can be fine. I mean, our economy is driven by that. And there's certain things that we have, and progress has given us a bounty. But we have to control our appetites with regard to this. And if it only is going to last six weeks, well, you know, like in health, if you say you're going to exercise, well, you can't just exercise for six weeks. I mean, it has to become a new lifestyle. And that's what I'm advocating here. I understand that you take a rather dim view of all of these home decorating shows that seem to have mushroomed on TV. Well, you know, I, if you decide that you're going to be perfectly fashionable, and I'm not trying to poke a finger in anybody's eye here. I'm just trying to say, let's look at common sense, put all the issues on the table. If you decide you're going to be perfectly fashionable, the minute you get your curtains and your cars and your computers and your couches and your clothes completely fashionable and up-to-date, somebody halfway around the world changes the rules and you have to start all over again and they know exactly how to do this so we have to decide at what i call possession endpoint there is no satiety that's provable in economic theory john kenneth galbraith said this emmanuel kant the philosopher says as soon as a person has everything they want or need everything is no longer everything so you can always just keep inducing new needs well why can't you just decide that that couch is fine I mean, I don't care if it's fine for the neighbors or for somebody on television. Life is a comparative experience in America. And I just say, no, let's just sort of separate ourselves from that. Get rid of all the pressure, you know. I mean, keeping up with the Joneses, I mean, they're the ones that got us into this problem. So decide inside your own family, in your own home, is this okay? My wife and I have lived that for well over 30 years. And it's very freeing to realize that you don't have to necessarily live by the rules of a culture that doesn't care about your margin. Can you give us some short-term and long-term ideas on how to decrease your spending? We've talked about spending quite a bit. Well, I think to control discipline is one to change your habits. That's just crucial. There's no way you're going to do it if you don't separate yourself from the sort of out-of-control spending habits that we see evidenced everywhere in the world. And to decide the difference between desires and needs. We say, well, I need a new carpet. Well, I'm not sure we really need a new carpet. I mean, nobody died from not having a new carpet. I mean, we desire a new carpet, and fine, go ahead and get a new carpet. But the needs that we have are really very few. And we have to focus on the priorities of life. What is the importance of life? What is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of your life? On the last day of your life, when you're laying on your deathbed and you're thinking back over your life, what is going to be important to you then? I think a lot about that. That's a guide for my living today is that deathbed experience because as a physician, I've been in the room and I've seen people who have died well and I've seen people who have died with regrets. I'm not saying die destitute in terms of not being able to leave your family and stability, but I am saying die also relationally rich and spiritually rich and in terms of a legacy that you've given to your community and those around you, and you'll find that it'll be a peaceable event for you. Dr. Richard Swenson, the author of the book Margin, do you have a website where folks can find out more information? 
I sure do. RichardSwenson.org. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Thanks. My privilege. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mack. Next, Americans spend a fortune on prescription drugs. We found an expert who has terrific money-saving tips for you. Stay tuned. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this. 